0: It's been a tough few years, hasn't it? Everything seems to have changed. Pandemics, wars, divisions, strife. Not to mention the usual things life throws us day after day. Perhaps that's why so many people in this world are so tired, so exhausted. And maybe, maybe you're one of them. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're kicking off a new series of messages called Oh God, I Need a Rest because with all my heart I believe, in fact I know that God's rest is available to you right here, right now. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about my latest life application book. It's called How to Enter God's Rest and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you do just that. Live out each day in the peace and the rest of God, whatever life happens to throw at you. I don't know if you've noticed, but so many people seem so tired, exhausted. It's as though there's a plague quietly creeping over humanity. Now, I'm sure it varies somewhat from country to country and culture to culture. I'm sure that there are some people somewhere living an idyllic life, plenty of rest and relaxation to tell you the honest truth most of us don't know any people seem to be working harder competing more clamoring more to buy the things and have the things that we're told we should buy and have some people are struggling just to survive just to get enough food on the table many in fact some are drowning in debt. Others still aspire to a career and then discover that this thing they idolise, this career, has in fact turned them into indentured slaves. Long hours, long commute, the traffic, the train. And, you know, you don't have to be working like a madman to be tired. There are many people who don't work, people who are lonely who are tired. See, I think I think that tiredness comes not just from working hard. It comes from carrying around Heavy burdens. And so that's why I'm asking why is everyone so tired? What's going on here? What can we, you and I, do about it? That's what we're going to be looking at over the coming few weeks on the program. Tiredness and exhaustion. And just in case you should think that this is something new, just in case you should think that this plague of tiredness and exhaustion is something that's exclusively related to the excesses of Western materialism, have a listen to this. Jesus said this 2,000 years ago. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. These weren't people burnt out by an industrial age that he was talking to. We're talking pretty much a rural agrarian subsistence economy here, back in the first century land of Israel. Carrying heavy burdens, you see, is nothing new. We all carry heavy burdens from time to time. Funny that Greek mythology came up with Atlas. You've seen the picture of this, this man stooped over carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. That's how many people feel. And these heavy burdens that Jesus was talking about, these heavy burdens come in so many different shapes and sizes. I've carried a few of them around in my day, and I'm sure you have too sometimes we're just working too hard and we need a rest there are pressures at work and and perhaps pressure at home it feels like we're living in a pressure cooker and my hunch is that that's not how we're meant to live sometimes it's relationships a a particular person who's hurting us or who's betrayed us or who's ignoring us or who's fighting with us or or who's trying to squeeze us into a mould into which we don't fit sometimes it's because we're trying to do things or be things that we were never meant to be I remember when I started out as a consultant in the IT industry, I used to think that I had to pretend to my clients that I could do everything. Pretty stressful, I can tell you. Sometimes the burden is about our self-esteem or self-worth. We, we compare ourselves with other people and we come to the conclusion that we just don't match up or people have expectations of us. We have expectations of ourselves that well, we're struggling to meet. Sometimes it's money problems. Oh, I've lost my job. I, I don't have a job. And for many of the people listening today, they can't even put food on their table for their children. Those are real burdens. Sometimes it's loneliness, like a padded prison cell, when we scream and no one can hear us. Do you see, do you see how this, this list goes on and on? And you know, sometimes it's the sense that something, something's wrong but we just can't put our finger on it. Other times we know we're running from God, we we know we're rebelling, and as much as we try to convince ourselves that we can do it on our own, it's so exhausting pulling in the opposite direction to God. Exhaustion, tiredness, sometimes we just need a rest. A holiday, a day off, a, a break away from the grind. But can I tell you, I've I've had holidays where I didn't get any rest either. Because while you can perhaps get away from work, even home in the day-to-day routine, many of those burdens and pressures that you've been carrying around don't just go away because you're on holidays. You can be sitting on, on a sandy beach with waves rolling in and yet still carrying the burden of a failing marriage or financial debt or or fear of what's going to happen when we get back to work. Here's the thing. Burdens come in many different shapes and sizes. They do. And over the coming weeks, we're going to look at some of these different burdens, the things you and I carry around like the weight of the world on our shoulders, the things that, try as we may, we can't seem to put down so that we can have a rest. Because here's the thing. I believe, I I truly believe with every fibre of my being that God wants us to have a rest. I believe that God hears the cries of his people and that he has the answers. Remember, Remember when God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, were in slavery, in captivity in Egypt? Do you remember what God said to Moses? Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. The Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey." See, so often we dig ourselves into a hole. So often we're living out the consequences of our own rebellion against God. So often we look at life and kick ourselves and think, ah, if only I hadn't, whatever it is. And that sense of regret makes things worse. And sometimes we're carrying these heavy burdens that aren't our fault, being oppressed by other people or by circumstances completely outside our control. Well, here's the thing. I believe God wants to set us free. I believe that God wants to give us rest and peace and well-being. In fact, I don't just believe it, I know it, because Jesus said, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's what we're going to be exploring together over these coming weeks on the program. God's peace and God's rest. Because he means it for my life, and he means it for yours too. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. With all that's been going on in these last few years, man, there are some tired, some exhausted people in this world. God knows that, and with all my heart, I believe he wants to help you through it all. Which is why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest book, How to Enter God's Rest. Hey, there are life application questions at the end of each chapter to help you to chew things over and really apply God's word right into the realities of your life. Come on, God's word is alive and active, amen? So I'm praying that through this booklet, he'll help you live out each day in his peace and his rest, whatever life may throw at you. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or one 300 722 722-415. Now let's head back into God's Word. You know, there have been times in my life when I've been completely and absolutely exhausted. Sometimes it's because I've worked too hard and haven't taken a rest. Other times it's because of pressures and risks and fears of things out there, things I haven't been able to control. This whole balance between work and rest is something I've had to learn. In fact, it's something I'm still learning. I honestly, naturally, am a bit of a workaholic. Well, not a bit of one. I'm completely one. And so getting the balance between work and rest right has been an important lesson for me to learn. Both working too much and then working not enough, it turns out, are extremes that are not part of God's plan. In fact, just so we get that right, have a listen to these two verses of Scripture. On the one hand, to workaholics, God has this to say. Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city... The guards keep watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to those whom he loves. Sobering. But on the other hand, have a listen to this, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 4. The lazy person doesn't plough in season. Harvest comes, and there is nothing to be found. So as it turns out, God's plan is for us both to work and to to rest. In fact, right in the first couple of chapters of the Bible, he actually lays that out with a sharp clarity, with a clarity that can and should form the foundation of our understanding of work and rest. I guess most of us know that the first couple of chapters of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, are about God creating creation, God taking nothing and turning it into something. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It starts off and then the wonderful story of all the things he created. The light, the water, the dry land, the sky, the plants, the birds, the animals, and eventually us, people in his own image. A couple of chapters, two or three pages about the creation of the whole universe. It's pretty easy to skim over them and think to ourselves, oh yeah, well, okay, God created everything. And to engage with what he created, a trillion, trillion stars, a universe so big that it takes light, which travels at 186,000 miles per second, or 300 kilometers per second, it takes light 93 billion years to travel from one end of the known universe to the other. And that's just the known universe. As the NASA website says, no one knows if the universe is infinitely large or even if ours is the only universe that exists. And then, then you look at the small things and the intricate things, atoms, cells, living organisms, animals, plants, people... And they are so wondrous, so amazing. Take the human body, a heart that beats a couple of billion times in a lifetime to pump blood through 60,000 miles or 96,500 kilometres of blood vessels to the 60 or 70 trillion cells in our body, of which around 1.1 trillion make up the human brain, which puts any computer you'd care to name, to absolute shame. Yeah, God created all creation. And any thinking person who spends just a couple of minutes engaging with any part of that creation, you have to be blown away at what you see. Maybe having looked at things from that perspective over the next day or so, it wouldn't be a bad thing for you and for me to read those first couple of chapters of the book of Genesis through some fresh eyes, eyes of awe and wonder. Now, Now, I start off with this because obviously creating this stunning, amazing, humanly incomprehensible and unfathomable universe, it wasn't a trivial exercise. It required creativity, imagination and a mighty, mighty effort. I say that as someone who's been exhausted just digging a small trench in my backyard to put in a water pipe. Now have a listen how the first account of this amazing act of creation winds up Genesis Chapter 1, verse 31. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he'd done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. So he He builds the whole universe, and then he rests. He rests. The Hebrew word for rest used in that passage a couple of times is the one from which we get the English word Sabbath. Now, here's the thing. You have to ask yourself, why did God rest? Why? Okay, it was an amazing thing he did. Totally blows my mind. But why did he rest? Did he have to rest? Was, was he somehow exhausted like Bernie digging that little trench in the backyard moving a few barrows full of soil? Well, no. God wasn't exhausted, not not one little bit, because he's God. Now, that's just not Bernie saying that. I say that because that's exactly what God's word says about him. Have a listen, Psalm 121, a tired man looking for God's help. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He won't let your foot be moved. He who keeps us will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going in and coming out from this time and forevermore. So there it is. God doesn't get tired. He doesn't get exhausted. He doesn't need sleep. He doesn't need a little catnap in the afternoon. He's on the job 24 by 7 from this time on and forevermore. Now back to the question. Why did God rest? Well, the answer's actually in the text that we read. Have another listen. God saw everything that he'd made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. God sat back to enjoy what he'd made. He looked at it. It wasn't just good, it was very good. In fact, if I were to give you the explicit translation into English, it would say, exceedingly, mightily, abundantly good. We might say these days, fantastic, utterly awesome. And God sat back and rested from doing, and he enjoyed. Now, you and I, when we dig a trench, we need to rest our body but there's the other dimension of rest, which is just about enjoying our lives, enjoying the fruits of our labour, enjoying our relationships. Rest is when we recharge our batteries, not just by stopping to exert ourselves, but by enjoying what we have and who we are and taking it in the way that God did. And so important was this day of rest. He called it the Sabbath. And he instructed his people, Israel, about the Sabbath, saying to them in Exodus chapter 20, verse 10, But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien residents in your towns. The fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments, God wants his people not just to rest to completely desist from their work and their labours, but he wants them to set that day aside to spend with him. It's a Sabbath unto God. Six days work shall be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. You know what? I actually don't think we're that good at resting anymore, at enjoying what we have, at setting a day aside for God. Too many things to do, too many places to go, too many people to see. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. Just as we take this short break, I'd like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would absolutely love to pray for you. Because the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could also pray for one or two others and leave them a word or two of encouragement. You can be such a mighty blessing to so many others by supporting them in this way. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So please, let us pray for you and with you, and let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. All right, let's head back into God's Word to see what else he has for us today. It's an interesting question. Why do we do the things we do? I suspect we've all experienced the sudden realisation that we're on a treadmill in life, slaving hard at this or that, and then all of a sudden, one day, having a reality check and asking ourselves, man, why do we do the things we do? Maybe it's been a while between reality checks. Maybe we've had our head down and been pedalling so hard at life that we haven't looked up to see what's really going on. There's a spot in the Old Testament where through the prophet Isaiah, God explains how Israel's gone off the tracks. They're in exile in Babylon simply because they disobeyed God and rebelled against him. And evidently, some of them still didn't get that. That's what the whole of chapter 42 of the book of Isaiah is about. But there's one verse that really leaps out at me. Have a listen. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 18. Listen, you that are deaf and you that are blind, look up and see. I wonder whether there aren't a few of us today who need to look up and see. I wonder whether there aren't a few of us today who need a reality check. God doesn't mean for us to be exhausted 24 by 7. He doesn't mean for us to be tired all the time. His peace and his rest are available to us when we put our trust in Jesus. Not just in the good times but in the tough times too. In fact, particularly in those difficult times. Jesus is about to be arrested and crucified. His disciples are afraid. They're petrified, not just of what happens to him, but of what might happen to them. Would they be crucified with him? And he says to them, right in the middle of that fear, John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. My friend, enough is enough. At some point, we need to say to ourselves, I I just can't live like this anymore. And as well as perhaps uttering those words, Oh God, I need a rest. As well as saying that and thinking that, I truly believe that it's time for a few of us to believe, to believe that God actually means for us To have a rest. His word says it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to those whom he loves. Don't you love those words, anxious toil? Isn't that what we do a lot of the time? We don't just toil away, we do it anxiously. And his word says, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you Rest. His word also says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 So then, a Sabbath rest remains for the people of God, for those who enter God's rest also cease from their labours as God did from his. And I believe that it is time that we actually believe the word of God, that we take God at his literal word. Now, tiredness and exhaustion happen at a number of different levels. They happen at a spiritual level. There's a a clear spiritual reason for tiredness, and that's what we're going to unpack next week on the program in, in a message that I've called Exhaustion, the Spiritual Dimension. There's the emotional element as well, and of course, there's a physical element. We are, after all, spirit, soul, and body. And just as the problems, the diseases that cause our tiredness may lie at different levels so god's solutions lie at different levels too with so many people tired and exhausted i believe we need some teaching from god's word about how to deal with this pandemic both in our own lives and the lives of other people we need to go beyond identifying the symptoms i mean people know they're tired they know they're exhausted that much we can figure out for ourselves right We need to go beyond that and go to the solution. So over the coming three weeks on the program, we're going to do exactly that. And not through the realm of pop psychology, but through the incredible wisdom and the insight and the truth and the power and the glory and the grace that come from God's word. Today, I'm just going to ask one thing of you. If you remember just one thing from this message, I ask that it would be this. God doesn't want you to be tired. He doesn't want you to be exhausted all the time. Come to me, said Jesus, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That is the promise of God's own Son. That is the promise that comes from God's Word. Open the Bible, Go to Matthew chapter 11, read it for yourself. Go to Hebrews chapter 4, read it for yourself. Go to John chapter 14, read it for yourself. Over and over again, God says to you and to me, I don't want you to be tired, and I've got an answer. His name is Jesus. so let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today, securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you. Absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.